It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The NBA playoffs, of course, leads to massive overreactions, especially after Game 1. Of course, we've had our wave of Game 1s, we had a couple of Game 2s, and the internet is on fire. But I'm here to douse that flame just a tad. This is The Gray Area, and I am your host, Ray Jarvis. Showtime! Woo! With me is the friend of the show who brings a sucker-free energy to the gray area. I saved him throughout the regular season because I wanted him for the playoffs. You're going to hear this man's voice quite often during these next two months. It's a person you know very well, one of the gray area all-stars himself, Mike Miller. Welcome back, my brother. My brother, good looking. Thank you. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, friends and enemies, and we cannot forget Ray the Sucker MC. We cannot so, forget. Appreciate you always, my brother. Man, I appreciate you making your time and your schedule and make this happen, man. But uh, let's get right to it, Mike. My Lakers, you know, we, we looked a little funny in the light in game one. You know, more specifically, mm-hmm. a guy like Anthony Davis looked real funny in the light standing next to DeAndre Ayton, who had a hell of a game one, hell of a coming out party mm-hmm. as far as his first playoff performance. Everyone is talking about Devin Booker. We, we know what to expect from D-Book. But man, Aiton showed and proved because I fronted on Aiton coming into this series. For him to set the tone, for AD to look bad, my question to you, Mike, right out the way, did what we see from these two bigs warrant overreactions, or is this the reality of the situation with these two bigs? Uh, I think we. I think if we're if we're gonna be fair, like outside of uh, of trolling in the clickbait, if we're gonna be fair, right. we're overreacting. If we're really thinking DeAndre is gonna go ten for eleven again, and <laughs> that was his first playoff game. Fact. It was nice. That and AD's probably not gonna get thirteen and six. So that's gonna regress to the mean on either side. Okay. And so that's really what I think we're all really. If you're if you're a true basketball fan. That's what you're really waiting to see. What does it look like in a in a more normal setting where DeAndre Ayton isn't getting more rebounds than Andre Drummond and AD combined? Like, right. so, so I don't think we're going to see that again. And so what's intriguing, especially as it starts tonight, what's intriguing oh, in game two, what will be intriguing is how, how does AD respond? Because like you yeah. said, a lot of people talked about D-Book, but most of the talk was AD. Maybe you had 13 and six. Come on. You can't do that. And especially not with no 
first time playoff performer eat your cookies like that. So we'll talk about it. that's really what everybody's saying. If because last year was all that I'm like that. Okay, well let's see. <laughs> oh, you remember that, huh? You know what? For me, yeah, I remember that. I'm gonna say. That. This is a bit of an overreaction, but I'm not sure if there's going to be much regression from DeAndre, and I'm not sure if there's going to be much more progression from AD. Now, hear me out. They, they, just the way the matchup is played out and the fact that DeAndre is a young athletic big, if I'm not mistaken, this guy was the number one pick in the draft. Like, he he is, he's, doing, he's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing from his draft position. When I go over to Anthony Davis, more specifically, throughout the season, he's, he came in out of shape. Right, and he hasn't looked like the brand name the entire season. Any Laker fan tells you that Anthony Davis has looked like Anthony Davis trademark, they're lying. With the exception of that 40 ball he caught against Phoenix about a week and a half ago, I haven't seen right. the real AD. I don't, some say it was injury, some say it was different aspects as far as being out of shape. But to me, when I look at LeBron and I look at AD, I have not seen the proper synergy from these two men since game two of the NBA Finals. I know I sound like a broken record, but we go back to that game two. I believe he was like 12 or 13 to start the game. And then all of a sudden, the ball kept stopped coming his way ad nauseum. By the end of the game, he was so frustrated that he wasn't getting touches that, that, that Markeith Morris had to pull him aside after they won the game, mind you, Mike. To tell him to relax, but he was clearly mm. salty. I'm not. I'm not going to be a conspiracy theorist to say that LeBron James is somehow not feeding Anthony Davis the ball. But nevertheless, they don't seem to be in tune. And I know LeBron James. He is as controlling as it comes in an offense. And a lot of times it seems like he's going away from an open Anthony Davis. And then I got to look at Frank Vogel. He's done a putrid job of featuring arguably the best big in the game when he's getting the ball. I look at the Lakers half-court offense and I'm like, where are AD's touches coming from? Why is AD standing in the corner so much? Why is AD not active enough? Why is he not getting touches early in possession? A lot of times, we watch ball back in the day, you see the guard bring the ball up the floor and the bigger go right to his spot on the low block or the mid post and he get a touch. We hardly see that from AD. AD, at this point, when he first came to LA, there was fears about him becoming Kevin Love and Chris Bosch. And we didn't, and in fact, we saw mm-hmm. the opposite. We saw Anthony Davis. But since about right. game two or game three of the finals last year, he has regressed into the, the big that plays next to LeBron James' role. I don't know if it's comfort. I don't know if it's, it's a product of poor coaching. I don't know if it's a product of LeBron James being controlling. Mike, what do you see when you see the Lakers in the half court? That's, yo, great, man. This See, this is why you're my man. I gotta shout you out, bro, because I would I thought I was the only one that thought, and I argued with this about our guy, and like he wasn't good in the finals. He was a role player. Right. After the first two games, he was they said, okay, just go be a defender. And that's what he did. He played great defense and rebound against, of course, a team where Bam was wasn't even healthy. Right. But he was not dom- what we saw in the Denver series, we didn't see in the finals. He didn't dominate. So Shouts out to you for saying that, and it and it and it carried over into this season where the only thing I could surmise is he must have like a championship hangover because everybody said, okay, this is now we're going to see AD become the best player in the league, and he did uh, far from that. Yeah. And I I haven't in recent memory seen someone go like I don't I know that happens in other sports, but you don't really see that in the NBA where guys go on like a. A, a championship hangover for a whole season. Right. Maybe the first two or three weeks, but not a whole season where you just can't get back that form or you only get flashes. 
So it does seem to me, and, and what's interesting, I know we're going to talk about the other series later, there's another big in the East, who I just mentioned, bam, same scenario where mm. it seems as if the offense is just not, is not going to cater to him in that way, and it is. And now a lot of people are calling that the feel-out game for LeBron, so it could have been LeBron doing that, but it just does seem like he's not, and at 42, no, there's no coincidence that that was when LeBron wasn't playing. LeBron didn't play that Phoenix game. So maybe that that could be some of the issues. And you know me, Ray. I'm a Pacer <laughs> fan, so I know Frank Vogel very well. Part of the reason we got rid of him as a coach, I love Frank Vogel as a coach, but he's defensive-minded. Okay. He couldn't coach offense. Part of the reason, now, now step one seat over and go to that bench, Jason Kidd. Part of the reason he got fired from Milwaukee is because he's good at defense, horrible at offense. So who do you have on that staff that's an offensive wizard that can put different plays together? Now, again, everybody's going to tell us, well, last year they did win a championship. But you know, like I know, Ray, there's a lot that goes into that. You can't just say, oh, they won a championship. And so that means they everything worked well. No, it's matchups, et cetera, et cetera. So I do think... That is the that's gonna be especially for you as the, and the rest of the Laker fans. Mm -hmm. That's the question mark that you hit on. Is what is what is this offense gonna look like as LeBron tries to get himself back acclimated and as AD somebody assumes he's gonna get out of a funk? You know that is a hell of a question because to your point about the lack of offensive creativity, we have certain things that we like to do. AD likes to lurk around the baseline and get those those finishes by way of the the drive right. the drives by way of the guards of Caruso, LeBron, so on and so forth. But again, I'm not seeing many actions. We might get an out of the timeout play, right. but then when we look at the half court, I'm not seeing the bodies move around the way I would like them to. Be clear, listeners, I'm not saying that there's not off-ball actions, but when you look at a Laker offense, Let's say, let's, let's do a pie chart. Let's say about 55% of the time when LeBron James is on the floor in the Laker offense, he, he grabs it, he holds it, he holds it, he holds it, he holds it, and then yeah. he figures something out. It got to a point this season so bad that the Lakers' home announcer, I think it was Stu Lance himself, was like, LeBron James is holding the ball for so long. This is your home announcer. The homers is, are pointing out yeah. how long LeBron is holding the ball for. LeBron probes. We know this, this is what he does. But because we yeah. lack an offensive wizard, on the bench, I think a lot of the offensive onus by design falls on LeBron James to dictate the terms. Right. And when he goes to the bench, right. you, you kind of start to see like, all right, it's a little shaky. Like, how, where, where the points going to come from? Okay, now you lose Rondo. To me, the, one of the bigger mistakes they made is not you just brought up the key. Go ahead. He did. I was going great. That, no, I agree with you. That's what I was going to say. Oh, missing is Rondo. That, that's why everybody. That's why everybody loved Rondo on that team because they knew what what Rondo meant for AD, right. particularly on New Orleans, getting him the ball, and because that's what Rondo. And but LeBron is not LeBron's a best attribute in terms of passing is kicking to to wing players to mm -hmm. get threes, not for bigs. And I'm you know I'm guilty. We all know it. I I, I was the guilty one that at questioned early on. I did not say it wouldn't work. But I questioned how it would work right. with LeBron and AD because he doesn't normally work with traditional bigs. It's, it's the, the the traditional bigs. Bron kind of works with bigs in the same way Michael Jordan does. You don't need a traditional big to post up. You just need a big to, at that time in that era, of course, it's just rebounding. Mm -hmm. Now LeBron needs a spread out big that shoots from three. But the thing is, that's not a, like you and just said. That's not AD's strongest point. He ain't KD. And it's so funny you mentioned that. Be Mike. On the block. Because 
you say that LeBron doesn't function with a classic big, and there are a lot of times recently this season, more so than last season, this year it looks like they, they function AD more as a rim runner than a dynamic big with an offensive bag. And that's been troubling for me, catching right. alley-oops, playing defense. Like, you didn't bring Anthony Davis in and pay him. You didn't trade the, the farm for him, damn near, and then pay him $180 million to be a rim runner. Like, something is amiss here. And I'm right. going, I go back so to my initial point. <laughs> right. To my initial point, I look at the biggest mistake they made was they don't stagger Schroeder and LeBron's minutes enough, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like Schroeder, mm. when you bring certain guys off the bench— I don't want Caruso running the offense. When Kuz comes in the game, I want Schroeder playing with Kuz. I want Schroeder playing with Gasol or, or, or whoever you decide, or Drummond, especially Drummond. You need you need a guard that's going to get Drummond the ball in certain areas, right? That's right. And and sometimes right. when, when you put Schroeder on the bench and you have Caruso in the game, and there's no LeBron on the floor, there's no Schroeder on the floor, you have AD on the floor, Caruso running the offense. As much as I love Caruso, that is not his game to create offense or, or, or initiate offense. You know what I mean? So the, the offensive rotations have been a little shaky. And then where's Marc Gasol? Marc Gasol at this point, I know there's questions about his athleticism, but boy, we could use him in a half court against Phoenix, okay? So when I look at the situation, overreactions versus reality, I think the biggest reality in this series is the fact that Phoenix might have the better coach. I think the Lakers have the better top-end talent, but are the top-end players going to do us? Are we going to see a LeBron James AD pick and roll? Where has that play been? I have, I hardly see it. I see more actions with Schroeder mm-hmm. and AD activating the pick and roll with Schroeder making questionable decisions than I see LeBron James pick and roll. Because how can you stop that? AD and LeBron pick and roll. You cannot stop that, but we don't see it. Yeah. Again, I'm looking at LeBron. Is he playing narrative control? Does he want to control the credit AD gets? Because remember, the finals MVP noise is going to AD until LeBron put the kibosh on that in the finals and started yeah, dominating yeah, the ball. Yeah. You know it. Say that. Say you know that, what I mean? You know that's what A lot that of people was. Are, that's they, what that was. They like, get uncomfortable when I say certain things, Mike. Even Laker Nation, they get real uncomfortable when I say these things. Some, I had a guest man. on recently. Uh, Ricky, I love Amen. you. But, but Ricky didn't like it when I was talking about the it sounded too hey. conspiracy-ish. But I know what I see. You know what I'm saying? Hey Amen. Hey Amen. That's the beauty of truth. It makes people uncomfortable, my brother. That's mm. the beauty of it. It makes people uncomfortable, man. I truth still, is truth, brother. I, That's, I still we all know there's a LeBron's smart enough to know angles. Like he knows what it's not always, it's not just about basketball. He is he's a global star for a reason. So he's looking at all aspects. He's still chasing that that goat, Michael Jordan. <laughs> so all of that factors into what he was doing. I absolutely and with you 100 percent that he knew in his mind, okay. AD on fire these first this first two games. If he keep playing like this, there's no way I'm getting finals MVP. And the same way they try to castigate Steph for not having one, we all know they're going to say, oh, Bron, you, you got a championship, but you ride it. And he knew what he was doing, man. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if he's doing that now. Everybody's trying to give him credit for the, everybody's trying to say it's the, I think it's the stupidest kind of narrative. Oh, it's a feel out game. I don't, I don't <laughs> buy that, but whatever. So yeah, I, I'm with you though, man. I, it's it's going to be interesting. And uh, real quick before we move, I think y'all, y'all also have a problem with, y'all got too many unknowns. Uh. You don't know what you're going to get from Coos. You don't know what you're going to get from Marcus Morris. You don't know what you're getting. Now you don't know what you're going to get from Shooter. It's too many unknowns now. You you So that means you have to have LeBron and AD, you have to have that because they can't be unknowns too. Yes, these are questions that need answers. We we're gonna find out real soon. I still have the Lakers in six, but I think it's a matter of Coach Vogel doing what's necessary as far as right. player rotations, personnel packaging. We we'll call it to use a football terminology. 
as well as feature AD. I've been on this bus for the longest. The Lakers go as far as AD takes them. I repeat this one more time. Get AD the ball. To the other series in Los Angeles, the team that lost home court advantage in game one to Luka and them boys, the the, the Los Angeles Clippers. You know, I'm not going to spend too much time here because we knew going into this matchup that it would be a tight one. Like Dallas plays the Clippers really tough. But I saw a post on social media talking about, I think Coach Lou was saying that he's going to consider Kawhi to guard Luka because he's the best option or the only option they have to stop him. But then I'm like, is PG not there? Am I missing something here, Mike? So why why can't PG take that challenge? Oh, because of the two of them, one of them's a two-time defensive player of the year. That's oh. why. That, 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 that's just the answer. Kawhi's a two-time defensive player of the year. A perfect example. Look on the other. Look in the other conference. Okay. Miami, Miami and Bucks. Giannis is the reigning defensive player of the year. Uh. Coach Bud said, and he probably told Coach Bud, I got Jimmy, and Jimmy's been playing horrible the first two games. Yep. He, he took on that responsibility. I got Jimmy. Look at another. It, same conference. Look at what's going on in, in Philly and the Washington series. Ben Simmons said, I'm the best defender in the league. He picked, he he played a great defense on Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill was getting off in, in spurts, but Ben Simmons was guarding him and Russ and doing a great job. So Ty Lewis saying, hold on. I got a two-time defensive player of the year on my on my squad. Hey man, you see, there's there's one guard. When we say cut head of the snake, you know it's like our boy Steph. It's mm-hmm. literally the head. If you take Luca out the game, the Mavericks offense is Luca centric. If you right. take they yeah, they pass and all that, but it's based on Luca. If you put Kawhi on him and he has the defense people think he has, mm-hmm. then that's supposed to nullify him. Perfect example, uh, and really quick. If you look at, like, let's look at the 2017 uh, finals, Warriors and Cavs, right? right? And that's the first year they got KD. And everybody's, everybody all uh, through the past couple of years keeps saying, oh, well, they had a a, a crazy lineup. There's no way the Cavs was going to beat them. But look at the team. And I remember something, I'll never forget it. After game one in the finals, the Cavs got blown out. KD had a big game. I think he had like 30 plus. They asked LeBron in a post game. They said, what was the difference in the game? LeBron said one thing, KD. Now, we all see basketball. We understand and play basketball. We understand a very basic premise. What the Warriors did by adding KD was they made it where you cannot double team. So you can't double team. You got to guard your man. But so the gag is, mind, just to I jump in, just to jump in, but the gag is Cle- ahead, jump in, bro. Cleveland and every other team still sold out to, to put multiple bodies on Steph. I just wanted to throw that in there. Go ahead. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. But, but, no, that is an important fact that you have to note. So, but, but, and with that though, so when LeBron told me, uh, when he said the difference is KD, then that means, well, that's the position you play, LeBron. So you guard him, slow him down, you win the series. In theory, that's what you think. In thinking. theory. I think, Ty Lue, I think Ty Lue is thinking the same thing. In theory, if this is a perimeter player in Luka, and we have supposedly one of the best perimeter defenders of all time, two-time defensive player of the year, then you're supposed to slow him down that's and fair. take him the whole game. You may add some, some Paul George, but nah, man, you the primary defender. 
So I think you should. Like if you if you don't want to go down 0-2, you better. So let me say this to What'd you. What you then? think about I'm that? gonna push back the other way. You say this is a great idea. Okay. I disagree with you, Mike. I think by putting mm -hmm. Kawhi on Luca, that means that you're asking him to expend energy on the defensive end of the floor. You're asking him to take this guy to right. the equation. So which means that on the flip right. side of that, you're asking a person who has been Recently unreliable in postseason, your former guy Paul George should now pick up the ball in the offensive onus. You don't have Lou Willville anymore to get to get buckets for you. Okay, you 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 can't trust a Frenchman to get buckets for you. You can't always trust a twin to get buckets for you. Where is the offense going to come from if you asking Kawhi to expend all his energy on Luka Doncic? Luka Doncic six eight by two sixty. You asking Kawhi to do that and get buckets? Where is PG in this equation? Man, man, Ray. That's, yo, brother, I don't know if I can disagree with that. And because the perfect example is what they compared them to, those two, two, mm -hmm. Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. You could try to put, they, Michael Jordan was just as good as a defender as Scottie Pippen. And people just don't know basketball history. But Phil understood, hmm, but this guy, but Scottie Pippen's not as great a scorer as Michael Jordan. Right. So we're going to let Scottie. You go guard the best perimeter, the best perimeter player, and we'll let Michael Jordan save the energy to drop thirty and forty. Ray, you facts. Nah, I think you're right, my brother. I think, I think PG you gotta has, tell PG. I think PG got to go win. get that. You can't score. You're not scoring consistently. Yeah, right. Go defend him. That's right. That hey man, I think you're right, my brother. I think I think that's the better thing to do to say, hey, that's your assignment, man. You, you know said I mean? you're a great defender, and I know PG is. So. That's your assignment, brother. That and it, and if it if it lowers your numbers, like I I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying. If it lowers PG's numbers, but you slow down Luca and and Kawhi Leonard gets to keep his numbers, right. you win the you flip the series it, because the very, that's what happened with at, the book. At the very least, that, you make Luca you make Luca inefficient, which would stagnate the offense enough. You get enough stops. To build leads, exactly. if, if if you force Dallas to chase, granted Tim Hardaway Jr. he had a hell of a season. Credit where it's due, but when you look at that roster, yeah, KP's not the, that guy. You, you not no. hard, for as good as Hardaway was in Game One, he might have two straight games where you can't find him. So the, the whole objective is to get Luca out the equation, or at the, not even out the equation, but at the least shoot under fifty percent from the field, force him to dribble more than he wants to, get the offense out of rhythm, and build the lead. To me, if you ask Dallas to chase. They're more likely to lose as opposed to playing from ahead. And and asking PG to put it this way, if PG becomes the world's greatest three and D player right now, how bad does that make the Clippers? I think the Clippers will benefit from that. Because Rondo can create Amen. buckets for him. He can defend. Because the thing is, I'm looking at Patrick Beverly get herbed by, by Luca. We can't have that. Pat Bev Pat, you should not be asking small. Pat Bev to, to guard Luca. He's too small. He's too small. Way too small. Man. We know, Ray, we know the example. This right in your wheelhouse. As a Laker fan, what was that? The 91 finals, Bulls and Lakers. Michael Jordan's first championship, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. game one. Jordan goes out there and get cooked by Magic Johnson. Phil what says, uh, nah, this is going to actually hurt our offense. Scotty, Scotty Pippen, that's your assignment for the rest of the series. And it changed the series. You are absolutely right, my bro. You, Ty Lue, you tell Paul George right now. Mm -hmm. You say, hey, man, you know what your assignment is? Yeah, you got looking for the series, not just for tonight, for the series. I'm That's not even. I'm not even getting cute with the switches. I know sometimes switching is unavoidable, but as 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 much as PG is capable of fighting through screens and staying on Luca, that is your job. Don't even worry about offense. Kawhi, go get me forty. That's it. Nick Batum, hit the yeah. open shots, right? Because again, to me, That's I, it. I understand why they traded Luca, <laughs> but. 
If you're going to trade offense for defense, then use the defense right, Clippers. <laughs> Kawhi is not the no, answer. Man. Yo, no lies told, my brother. No lies told. I'm with you 100%, man. You tell PG, fight over the screens if you have to. Because that's what Giannis do. is doing against against the Heat. He's mm -hmm. fighting over screens. He's like, no, I got Jimmy for this series. And I'm I'm blanketing him. It's the, he's done for the series. That's what Giannis is saying. Jimmy, don't count on his points for nothing. We're going to talk about them Jimmy's in a second. The don't spoil the takes. We're getting yeah. there. We're getting there. We're flying I'll, to the I'll, East I'll, Coast. We're we flying from L.A. to New York City. Over the weekend, I feel like the basketball gods reminded us in New York, us New Yorkers, because you're a New Yorker. Even if you in Texas, you're a New Yorker. You know what time it is. They reminded yes, us the hierarchy yes, of New York basketball. Big surprise, the Brooklyn Nets won their game one at the crib, but somehow or the other, Bozo Nation broke the hearts of the city late in the game yet again. This is this is why, Mike, I don't know if you've noticed, but I got real quiet about the Knicks. I let the Knicks fans run their mouth. I let them puff their chest out because I looked around and I'm like, y'all know the other shoe is going to drop. I keep saying it. The other shoe will drop. Lo and behold, they couldn't even wait till game three or game four, Mike. They they gave you that classic Nick letdown in game one. They they they, they trailed. They the came garden, back too. in the garden, took the lead. Spike Lee dancing, getting his dance on, shimmying, only for the little man to knock him out. Like like, come on, bro. Like 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 Trey. Like ice Trey the game, son. Pack them up. Because again, it's like, I have so much, and it's not about the Knicks, okay? It's never been about the organization. My gripe has always been with the fan base. They're not humble. They no. have too much to say. They talk like they want about 15 or 16 of them things. And in fact, the Knicks haven't been a relevant franchise for much of people's lifetimes. They say the league is better when That's the Knicks fact. are good. When are the Knicks good? This, these are the questions that need answers. <laughs> so watching what took place and they talked about, oh, 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 the Nets are struggling to sell tickets. We got the garden lit. Y'all got the garden lit to get your hearts broken. Huh? So beyond me ranting about the Knicks falling on their face yet again, what about the basketball, Mike? What do you see in this Hawks series? I, I, I'll be on record. I did, I did the pregame on the hit list, and I said I have the Hawks in six games. I feel real confident in my six-game pick even more so after the game one just because of how the, the way the game is played, and I don't see many adjustments the Knicks can make to deal with what the Hawks are bringing. But what, is, what do you think about this series going forward? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Hey, listen, man, you know I'm a Pacer fan. So, yeah. you know, any Knicks slander, I'm all here for that, baby. I'm with it. Like, <laughs> I, I, it's, been, it's been a while since we got to do this because they haven't been relevant. Let's mm -hmm. just call it what it is. They've been trash. So it's been a while, but it feels good to see them suffering as they lost in the garden. And I know they're going to say, but your paces ain't. I, I don't so? care. I'm enjoying your <laughs> losses, and I am drinking the tears. So... <laughs> But I do see I see the series the same way. I see it going six games. I, I believe that Trey will be the best player in this series. I think, yo, know, listen, man, the NBA has has morphed into, and it really since the early 2000s, we know this, the golden era of, of shooting guards. The mm -hmm. NBA is really guard heavy or perimeter heavy. So although Julius Randle had a, had a great year, I don't think that he's going to be the better player in this series. I know he was a little tight in game one in terms of he was probably nervous. He was forcing shots. He was looking like how he looked when he was playing with y'all in the Lakers. Yeah. He was forcing a lot of shots. Emmanuel quickly, he should get more minutes. Derrick Rose should play more. But I, 
I think there's really a ceiling on it. When Alex, Alec Burke is not going to make that many shots in the fourth quarter. In other words, what, what Atlanta did is repeatable. What mm-hmm. the Knicks did in terms of their offense is pretty much the same except for Alex Burke. That was an outlier. Yeah. But they never, this year, they, had, they hung their hat on defense. And we saw Trey light them up. So I don't know that their offense is is going to be enough to match. Atlanta has a potent offense, period. True. And True. they and what they showed everybody is that they could also knuckle down. So I I look for them to win six games and Trey had when you have that superstar play because that's what he's going to become after this. After this series, we got to start having those conversations. It's going to be a household name for sure about him. Maybe. He's going to, that's what I'm saying. Because you're doing it on the garden stage. Despite the Knicks, that stage is what counts. Everybody knows. Everybody wants to get their, their shots off on that stage. Because he's like that. Because he, he's got that chip on his shoulder. And mm-hmm. that's the type of chip you need to advance your team. And the Knicks, I think eventually... They may reach the point where, where guys were happy to be here. It was a great season. They're going to play hard. <laughs> Tibbs, teams, Tibbs teams are always going to play hard. But I think at some point, they're going to recognize there's a talent gap. And, and those young kids on the Knicks are good. But I just don't think, not right now this year, I think the Hawks will, will probably get them in six. I think the Knicks should should win tomorrow. Mm-hmm. If they don't win tomorrow, they probably, I, I would, I'm assuming they're going to lose in five. But I'll jump in right here. If they don't lose. The way the way I see this matchup, I said it on on, on the pre the the preview show, and I'll see it here for the gray area listeners. The difference in this series, in this pick'em series, in my opinion, as far as talent goes and the matchup, home court, all of these things that you mix in to create the variables, is the fact that late in games and in postseason games, when it when it gets down to the half court, because you're not gonna run and gun for 48 minutes. When it gets down to the half court sets, who can get you a bucket? I look at the Hawks, I look at the Knicks, and I see multiple bucket getters in Atlanta. You have Bogdanovich, you have Gallinari, you have Trey Young. These guys, if Trey Young is the linchpin as far as creating these dead-eye shooters looks to get buckets, and then you have Clint Capella as a finisher at the basket, they have a multitude Mm -hmm. of options, and they're properly coached as, as far as doing what they have to do. Look at game one. Game one is a perfect example of what a bucket getter does. Isolation, nine seconds left in the game, Trey take us home. He was on the island, he made a couple of moves, he got around his defender, floaties for the win, right? And you look at the Knicks, yes, Derrick Rose is there, but he's not the brand name he used to be. Do you really want to depend on quickly? I I, put it this way, Julius Randle had a breakout sensational season. In this environment, I'm not sold on Julius Randle to take me home if I'm a Knicks fan. You know what I'm saying? So I look at the Hawks and this perimeter-based current NBA. You're asking asking the Knicks defense as far as spacing goes to stretch, extend. You can't overcommit to one player because the minute you send that extra body over, the ball's going to rotate to a shooter. The Hawks present too many questions for the Knicks to have answers for. A lot of people said, oh, we were 3-0 against them this year. I said, that's true, but the third game y'all played, Trey and Capella got hurt in the same game, and y'all were down like 8 or 10 at the time when, when this injury took place. So, did, did you really go 3-0, or was it 3-0 of circumstance? So, when I look at the And Hawks, we know better. It's right. the playoffs. It's the playoffs. It comes down to who can get you a bucket, and that is the great that's divide for the Knicks. If the Knicks do anything in the offseason, because the offseason is coming very soon. Find yourself a mm-hmm. perimeter bucket getter. Or or 
maybe it's time for you to tell R.J. Barrett, here, it's yours. We know we know Julius is here. And Julius, he's kind of guard allergic. He doesn't really like kicking the ball out as much. He got better at it this season. No. But in the totality of his career, he's he's never been good at driving and kicking. When he gets in the paint and he becomes no. that bull in the china shop, eight times to seven times right. out of ten, the ball's going up. So... RJ, isolate RJ Barrett. Let him draw some fouls. Let him use his God-given skill set to do something for the Knicks. Or go get yourself a guard that can get you a bucket. Because it's done. Honestly, I might be being disrespectful right now, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Hawks go up too love in the garden. I'm just saying. No, that's what I'm saying. Yo, I'm with you, bro. It's a it's a real thing. It's it's a real possibility. It's not like it's not like like for example, Phoenix's game. I think the Lakers, you guys are two-point favorites because everybody assumes, okay, if we're giving LeBron the credit for a feel-out game, everybody assumes the storm is coming. LeBron can get 30. We've seen him do stuff like that. We don't know what, like you just illustrated and just explained, we don't know what we're getting from the Knicks. They've never been in the playoffs. They don't have a, a dominant perimeter player. We have no clue what we're getting except for Derrick Rose. And as you said, that Derrick Rose that people thinking about that was like eight years ago. He's not so D Rose. He's getting. Derek. <laughs> he's Derek, right? No, he's not D Rose. He's Derek. So we, so we don't know what we're getting from them in terms of offensively. Again, like you said, right? You gotta, you gotta score at some point. Mm-hmm. You have to score. You can play all the great defense you want, but like you. When it was time to get a bucket, that's what the playoffs is about. The play breaks down. Everybody knows what sets you're running. Who's going to give me a bucket? Ain't nobody on the Knicks we can depend on. We know Trey can get you a bucket. We we now have evidence of that, that he could get you a bucket in playoff time. So, no, it's absolutely possible and highly probable that they lose the second game in the Garden. <laughs> Let, let's, let's go to Brooklyn real quick. We don't need to spend too much time there, but... I liked what I saw from both sides in game one. I like how competitive the Celtics were. But at a certain point in that fourth quarter, the Nets hit the gas, and it was like it went from a close game to one of the most casual 10-point lead expansions I've ever seen in the playoffs. They they didn't they didn't expend a lot of energy to get that lead to 15. So I think nope. I think game two might be close in the first quarter. But I looked at this series in the beginning. I think I had it at a sweep. I'm I'm I think I'm prepared to lean into that sweep. I think Brooklyn is just too much. And and the more Kyrie, KD, and Harden get comfortable on the floor again, you're just asking teams to do too much to win four times, let alone one time in a series. So I got this as a sweep. What, what do you see back? What can, what can the Celtics do quickly, in your opinion, to make this a watchable series? Um, They can pray. They can <laughs> ask. Jalen Brown, is he is, is his wrist really that hurt? Can he at least shoot with his left hand? Because I think he hurt his left. They could they could do a lot of things other than win this. Man, lean into that sweep. Lean My brother, it. they they shot twenty five percent from three in game one and still won by like eleven. Yikes! And comfortably, a comfortable eleven. They shot twenty five percent. Joe Harris is, is shooting fifty. He led the league in three point percentage. So imagine if they just shoot uh forty percent. They win the game by 35. And they're not going to shoot that bad again. Yeah, no, they ain't going to shoot that bad again. And as you you said the key, those three guys are are still learning each other. They're still learning each other. And what you saw, Ray, in the second half is basically what we just talked about in the previous series when we talked about the Knicks and, and, and the Hawks. They, you need a bucket getter in the playoffs. They have three. Mm. And in the second half, they just said, okay, you can, 
again, same thing, like I said, the analogy about the Warriors, the 17 Warriors, you can't double any of them. So you're just leaving all of them isolation when they're the best isolation players in the league. And you're saying, okay, you can get a bucket, you can get a bucket. So Jason Tatum, the reason why he shot that six for 20 is not just because they were playing good defense when everybody thinks the Nets don't play good defense. It's also because he got a guard KD. <laughs> he got a KD the whole game. And but, they have no so other options. No, they don't got no. If he don't guard KD, KD's going to average 50 in this series. <laughs> so I, the only thing Boston can hope for, like most teams that are going to play the Nets, see, I was going to say an off game, but you, they had an off half and you still lost. So um, the, the, one of the things they could do, they gonna have to as the term that we used to use in NBA in NBA talks and playoffs. They gonna have to muck it up. Mm. They gonna have to be ultra they physical. Have, oh they, yes, that's, that's what you gotta do. They're gonna have to be super physical, especially with KD and especially with Kyrie. James is a lot more solid, and he's used to getting hit and stuff. That's mm. why he goes to the line so much. Kyrie and KD, they're more finesse type of players, so mm. you could be fit, especially with Marcus Smart who's a great defender, you could be physical with them and try to impose your physicality and the irony on them, and then is, you're going to have to get fast breaks. And the irony is, I think that they tried that in game one because for our next game, the score was relatively sure. low. They tried to muck it up. Yeah. But to your point, they're going to have to muck it up even more. Don't even run. Every possession, walk it up. Walk it up. Walk run it up. run yeah, some offense. Like, slow it down. You know what I mean? Control down. tempo. Hey. Especially, Ray, if you got this so-called wizard Brad Stevens. Oh, please. Oh, baby, let me see something. Let me see something. You know if how you I feel this about this wizard Brad. that got this, 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 hey, you know how, you know how we feel about this dude. Oh, but if you, if you have this pristine uh, knowledge of basketball and you're the great uh, X's and O's guys, well, let me see something. You got to develop some plays because I agree with you. You, you have to muck it up and then slow the game completely. If you run, you're going to lose by 50. Yeah. So no, let's scratch that for my announcement. Limit Don't the possessions. Walk it Limit up. Limit the possessions. Play hard defense. Play zone up. if you have to. Hell, do something. Play the, hey, go <laughs> my, yep, go Miami Heat style. Play your 3-2 and hope that they, you play your 3-2 because they're perimeter oriented. They're mm -hmm. not going to the paint. So you play your 3-2 and you like take a page from uh, Eric Spolstra and you hope that they shoot themselves out of the game. I don't think that's going to happen. But that's your best bet because you ain't going to run and you're not going to run a conventional defense because they're going to annihilate you. So that's their best hope. Facts. Sorry to our boy Carl, the leader of the sports hitmist, my guy, but <laughs> it's not looking good. Lean into that sweep, my brother, because that's what I feel too. Speaking of the Miami like Heat, uh, this is not what I expected. You know, again, I was on record picking Miami in this series. I, I, I was late mm. to I was late to game two, and when I, and when I put it on, it was forty six to twenty at the mm. end of the first quarter. I could not believe what I was looking at. To you, you mentioned mm. Giannis mm. taking the Jimmy Butler challenge. As far as defending mm -hmm. him, fighting through screens, making Jimmy Butler's life a living hell, using that God-given length for a player who, as mm -hmm. offensively talented as he is, I would say that Jimmy Butler's offensively talented, but he's not offensively gifted. He had to work for everything Man, he got. You know what I mean? That's good. So it's like, yeah. he doesn't have something that he can go to when an all-world defender gets in front of him to get him out of a jam. He has to use all of every mm. single tool in his toolkit, and through two games, the shooting percentages speak to the fact that he has not been capable of getting that deep into his bag because he just doesn't have the physical gifts. He doesn't have the first step. He doesn't have the lift on the jump shot. He doesn't have the all-world jump shot. He doesn't have the, the explosiveness to say, you know what, I'm going to get Giannis in foul trouble by playing into his body and trying to finish over him. He just, it, it, I think 
Mike, I'm saying all this to say Tyler Harrell's looking like 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 a, like a bubble fable. You know, uh, what's his name? Jason Jason Tatum said he wasn't acting like that in the league. He was acting different in the bubble. I think he was looking at Tyler Harrell. I think he was looking at a lot of guys on that Miami Heat team. Uh, even you mentioned Bam. I think Bam is another bubble creation. You know, it, what it is, I'm not saying this because I want to slander. But we're in the playoffs now, even throughout the regular season, injuries aside. I understand injuries happen. But Miami did not has not at any point this season looked like the team that's the defending Eastern Conference champions. They look like they got right at the right time in the bubble. And, and Milwaukee's coming to pick them bones. That 2-0 series lead looking like it's about to be a five-piece coming out of Milwaukee. What are your thoughts? Hey, my brother, man, you on fire today, my brother. You on fire. Yo, why you think my I favorite call time of the, the year, pandemic bro. All-Stars? <laughs> why you think I call them the pandemic all-stars, my man? Oh, they the man. pandemic all-stars. Come on. Let's come on, Ray. We gotta tell the truth. They 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 swept the paces in the first series because Damo was hurt. Mm. We would have been come on, Ray. Like, and then Giannis had the little he had the little issues that he always has in the playoffs, and then they lucked up and Come on, Ray. We know what this is about. Damn. Ain't no Tyler Hero broke every record for a rookie in the playoffs. Come on, let's let's stop. <laughs> we knew this is the pandemic all-stars, and it's come and they look at funny and the like. And what you said about Jimmy Butler is 1000 percent correct. Is why I said uh for years everybody thinks I hate Jimmy Butler. I don't hate Jimmy Butler. It's just we're gonna keep him at the level he belongs. He is a good star, but we started elevating Jimmy Butler and saying, oh, he's He's this and he's that. Okay, he closes sometimes. But stop acting like Jimmy Butler was leading teams to the finals and no. And so Giannis decided, hmm, you don't actually have that many moves. And and you said it perfectly because when you watch what Giannis is doing, you watch Jimmy Butler driving and he's pump faking all the time mm-hmm. because, he, like you said, there is no go-to. There's nothing that he can go to that he can get in his back. He don't got that Jordan fadeaway. He don't got that James Harden step back. He don't got the bop-bop. Like, step. He don't have nothing that he could just say, you know what, I can move on Giannis. Because we watch people boogie on Giannis. Giannis right. is a great defender. But there's no defense that can stop great offense. And we know this to be true as a rule of NBA basketball and NBA history. The great offensive players will always get their numbers at some point. Jimmy has shown us, and he showed it in, in the finals too, he had one or two good games. And then for the most part, he didn't have any great games. Jimmy Butler can't be your best player and you win. And what's being exposed, and I'm going to just say this real quick. Uh, Eric Spolstra, we're going to have a conversation too because you use Bam like a role player. Mm. They don't use Bam. The way they use Bam is, like you just said, they've been using AD earlier. Bam is literally the person that sets screens and he got to get his off a lot of if this is supposed to be the franchise piece, the piece you wasn't going to make no trades because you wanted to keep Bam, well, then I need to see what what, what oh, everybody's telling me. About I'm, coming, I'm, coming, I'm coming in now. It, Hold on, Mike. So what you're saying is, yeah, is that my, Miami Heat fumbled the bag, not traded for James Harden? Come on, do we have to say it out loud? I mean, they, the reason why was because we want to keep Bam. Well, baby, let me see something. Feature mm. him. Don't tell me you keeping Bam Tyler and he's got to be a role player. And Tyler, you, you didn't want to give up Tyler Hero. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to give up Bam. With, Tyler Hero's a nice player. Come on, let Like I said, it was in the pandemic, in the pandemic All-Stars. Tyler Hero's a nice player. But if Bam is the franchise piece, I need to see Bam featured. I don't need to see him at the elbow just setting picks. Bam, you could tell that he's playing that way because Bam is getting the ball at the elbow. 
at the top of the key. He's getting the ball and looking to pass. He's looking to run a play instead of getting it and knowing they're trusting me to go to work. He's rushing every shot. Why is that? Because they're because they're focused on Jimmy Butler. Why? No one knows. So mm-hmm. Eric Spolstra, just that's just from a coaching standpoint. Eric Spolstra, I need to see something. Is Bam going to be featured? Are you going to use a mid-post, high-post? Are you going to use him, or is he a role player? Because if he's a role player, you're going to get swept. He's probably going to get swept anyway. But at least go out using your best player and featuring him. Especially if you wasn't going to trade James Harden for him. (laughs) Well, let me say this. I love me some Miami Heat culture. I am a fan of when they are clicking and the offense that and, and defensive strategies that, that Coach Spo employs. I am a fan of it. I enjoy watching Heat games as a fan of the game. So I, it would kill me to see them go out like this. I don't want to see them get five-piece. But if what I saw in Milwaukee was a buzzer beater followed by a smoke out, I need to... Y'all, listen, listen. I know we've seen the tropes before. We've watched playoffs enough times. This, this series could easily be 2-2 by the end of the week, right? But... Right. Based on what I saw in games two and game one from the from the principal performers, Jimmy Butler and Giannis, I have great concern that Milwaukee's going to South Beach and they're getting a game. Prove me wrong, Miami Heat. I had a topic about the dark horses, but you know what? I don't really think that's important right now. We can spin back to that in the second round because, again, I'm going to have you around during the playoffs very often. It's going to be very sucker-free throughout these NBA playoffs, my brother. But before you yeah. go, I need you to do one thing for me, and that's I identify yourself to the world, bro. Man, Mike Miller, also known as Pastor Mike out here in San Antonio, Talk about it. Uh, Texas, you know, pastor and serving the Lord, you know, preaching. But, of course, sports is is a is another thing that I do. You can follow me at God's Soul Brother, God's underscore Soul Brother, B-R-O-T-H-A-1 on Instagram. Of course, you can check out uh, my church's website, Philadelphia Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, .org, so PhiladelphiaSDA.org. Um, and catch us out on YouTube. You know, uh, uh, services are on at 11. We're streaming online. So, you know, just just doing a bunch of different things. Happy father <laughs> and, and husband to one wife. And, you know, always uh, willing to support my man Ray in the gray area. It's been phenomenal, man. So it's going to be a great, this is a great time, Ray. You know this playoff time. This is our time. Bro, I'm I'm in full playoff mode. The gray area is not getting nothing but playoff talk until the finals are done. Like, I'm locked in. I took the regular season off on purpose. I'm here now. I'm not playing with him. Yeah, yeah, man. For sure, man. I always appreciate you bringing me on, man. Let you already know. Up. Mike, we're going to talk again soon. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text you. We're going to sort out your next appearance. Probably going to be week after next, but we're going to lock in, make sure the schedules work, all right? Yes, sir. We'll talk soon. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. The homie Mike Miller, sucker-free NBA playoff talk. It's going to be a lot of that. I don't know who next week's guest is, but it's going to be sucker free from here through July. So lock in. And as the saying goes, whether you like it or don't like it, sit down and look at it because it's the best going today. Woo! Perfect.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.